Well, normally at this time of night, I've actually gone live, but I just kind of wanted to chill out a bit. So I'm doing a little pre-record before the last dance. Yeah. And, uh, and my buddy Nick Finch is with me now. Nick, uh, episodes five and six now, have you been liking the series so far? Good, you know, Alex, I haven't watched the whole thing, but from what I can tell, I mean, the Bulls and the Pistons really went at it, you know, it's not like, I mean, there's a rivalry today, like, you know, the Celtics and the Lakers, but there's no talk really like there was, you know, back in the day, like they both went at it, it was actually physical. We know a lot of people are saying the type of ball that were going on in the 90s wouldn't be tolerated today. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the NBA now, and, well, I mean, it's always kind of been ticky-tack after that, but, I mean, you especially look at now, oh, no, guys were getting thrown out today left and right. In the playoffs, I mean, they wouldn't even let things go. By the way, and, and by the way, Nick, you know, the other big thing about the sport now is you get in trouble for flopping. I mean, flopping's an issue. I mean, if Jordan and all these guys flopped, you would never see a documentary like this. Right, you would. I don't, I mean, stories like today, like LeBron, like, and, um, oh, who else would I say like Shaquille O'Neal because of the names I mean they probably get fine they probably don't but I mean everybody gets away with everything because of the name you know absolutely and of course LeBron loves to call out the refs and sometimes they are in his favor a lot of the time but uh look I'm excited I love these documentaries this documentary I know there is one on Shaq coming out as well you know pretty soon yeah. So other than that, I mean, I brought you on because you love sports as much as I do. And you sent me a couple of sports gifts, too. But honestly, I, we have a, such a great friendship beyond material things. And you have such a knowledge of sports. I wanted to tap into that knowledge tonight. So thanks for joining. Sure. Yep. No so, problem, I'm happy to have you. So uh, and I'm happy to have you on here. So let's uh, let's break down what we saw over the weekend. Andy Dalton going to the Cowboys. What do you make of that? Well, you know, I mean, it's that's an iffy thing because the Cowboys, everything's have great expectations in Dallas, and Andy Dalton is kind of just being, you know, fed out there. I have a feeling, I mean, if he went to a place like, of course, they have, um, Oh, what's his name on the Giants? Quarterback for the Giants now. Um, he could Daniel probably Jones, Daniel Jones. Go, he could probably go to New York and do good, or he could go to the Jets, or he could go to. I think he would make a good. Oh, I don't want to say he would go to the Browns, but, well, we can't now. He already went to Dallas, but. Well, Nick, here's what I, I was mean, thinking. Why not the Patriots? I thought the Patriot, Patriots might make a move for him. 
Nah. I don't think so. So I mean, that would be a decent move, but I don't think the Patriots, I mean. No, I don't know. I, it just, they, it, you don't think he would have been a fit the Tom Brady, that would be a weird move. Well, let me ask you this then. If the, if the Cowboys picked them up, are they worried about Dak? Or what? what's up with that reasoning? You know, I think it's not going to work out with Dak. I mean, Dak has his days and the Unfortunately, yeah, they're going to have to rely on Andy Dalton. And like I said, you know, Dallas is a big, you know, football town, and they have to, you know, pressure. They're going to pressure Andy Dalton to eventually be the starter in like maybe three years, and I don't like it. So you were saying they would use the veteran as a way to be backup and then put him in starter when Dak falters? Yeah, they that's what they're going to do because Dak is not a North Dak majorly improves his accuracy. The most things during the game is his accuracy. Some days he's on it, but most he's really not. I mean, He's never really been that great there, I don't think. I don't know. He's not Romo, who actually set record after record as as the quarterback for Dallas, you know? Right, yeah. Well, and so you got that. I want to focus on your team, though, the Dolphins. Look, Tua going into it was a risk because he was hurting. He ended ended up his season, you know, final year hurt, and now he's wanting to be the draft. Is it too soon for him, or what do you think of that move? I think, well, me and my friend, it was, we were talking about this um, the day that they drafted him, and me and him both think that, I mean, his first, probably his first two years, he's not, he's just going to get destroyed in the NFL. You agree with me, then, that he is not going to fail as well. Uh Injuries aside, he just won't fare well because of it. Right. I I say he should have given another year. So I was I was very surprised when I saw he did that. And you know, he did it in such a pomp and circumstance way. He did it at like a noon press conference. It was kind of showboaty. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Now I know you're up in Clinton, New York, and that's um, how far is that from Buffalo? Uh Buffalo. Let's see. Albany from Syracuse is about two and a half hours, and I'm 45 minutes from Syracuse, so yeah, about that. Well, you know, Syracuse actually had a decent basketball year. I would have been interested to see how they did in the ACC tournament. Wouldn't have you been interested to see that? Um, You know, probably, but... At the end of the day, they it would be a miracle if they made the NCAA tournament. They would have had to won it. If not, I don't see them making it even if they lost the championship game. 
Well, probably not. I mean, but they did have some big wins. They had Virginia as a win. They had, um, I think they, did they beat NC? I think they beat UNC, actually. They were one of the nine losses at the time. They, yeah, they was, they, um, let's see, did they beat UNC? I think at least once. Because NC, NC State crushed them, I know that. Now, what's the speculation you're hearing? Is Beheim going to stick around, or what's his plan for the next few years? And has this shutdown halted his plans to retire, you think? You know, I haven't heard, but, I mean, the man loves basketball, and he's going to retire, like, whenever he wants to. But, yeah, I'm hearing from him um, from things that it's his last year, but... I mean, you know, it's PSA. And Syracuse football always kind of a non, you know, non-starter here, even though they beat Clemson a couple of years ago. But nothing special out of that program uh, for a bit. No, you know, um, after that ten and three season, which was amazing. I don't understand, like, I get people left in everything, and they had players and stuff leave, seniors from before, that, and they got newcomers. But, I mean, it's like they didn't even try to compete the year after. I mean, yeah, yeah, 10-1 season, but at least win, like, eight games after that, maybe seven, don't go down in the dumps and, you know, majorly, drastically drop. It was like, it's like the year that the Patriots came back and beat Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, you had 26 to 3, and I mean, I get guys get tired and everything, but that was one of the most colossal, you know, like, that, that was one of the most colossal that games was ever. the most collapsible game in the history of football. What do you think well, I don't to... want to say in the history of football because I haven't seen every game. But well, Nick, you got you got a lot of smarts on you, so I, and that's why I brought you on because when we talk, you just have sports knowledge up the wazoo. So let me ask you this quickly before we turn our attention to the last dance. Um, well, firstly, you know Michael Jordan was a baseball player. So what was it like? What do you think it was like watching him play basketball and baseball? If you were I mean, we were kids when that happened, but what do you think, how, how did you like that whole thing where he played baseball after basketball? Or during it, actually? You know, if, if you know, Alex, if guys have it, and they are gifted to play that, or not gifted, but, I mean, well, yeah, gifted. I mean, to try it anyways, but, you know, to, each player is his own sport, and he was like Deion Sanders had to figure out, I mean, you good at one or the other. I mean, he was best through prime time in football. He wasn't really, it wasn't his forte in, in um, basketball. He was more of a returner for football and he had that specialty in that and that's what makes him good, you know. That's what makes players great. I mean, 
whatever sport they're good at. And not only that's not just what makes them a good player off the field and on the field. What makes them a great player is your ability to um, be, like I said, good on the field, but also how you carry yourself off the field. I mean, that's what people remember. So true, and uh, of course, off the field, he was he was quite a character and a good guy. But um, it'll be interesting to see the last dance. And you know, you just mentioned how a lot of these guys played two sports. And from your vantage point, would you agree that the two sport multi sport mentality has been washed away? Like everybody's so focused on one, and that can be dangerous, can it? I'm sorry. I'll repeat the question. Well, you know, Michael Jordan, Dion you know, uh, Green, um, Bo Jackson, rather, they were all multi-sport guys. Now you're getting people telling these kids, no, only focus on one sport. I don't think that's beneficial to the kid. Do you? Um, I tried multiple sports, and I mean, it is, it is taxing on you, but depending on the person you are and the attitude you have and at that time, you know, it was a little, it was stressful. Was I, am I saying I was good at every sport? No. Am I saying I was a little, I was overwhelmed? Yeah, I was, but I was younger and it was so taxing. I had to, I should have gave up on some sports, which I did. And others, I didn't. Others, I probably did too long just because, again, you have that mindset. But if people can do it, then good for them. I mean, well, I'm actually I've talking been doing, to an athlete right now. Because I you... ran cross country seven years, and I absolutely loved it, even though did I like every race? No. Did I you know, do some things that, like listen to the coach that I was supposed to do. Some days, no. Other days, yes. And that was on me. And I missed out on the exceptionalism and stuff. And I learned from that. And now I'm like, I've come much farther than I have. Well, you know, I'm talking to an athlete right now because you actually still do the Boilermaker. You still do runs that were supposed to go on this year. So you're still doing racing. Tell us about that quickly. Um, I love it, you know. Um, when I started, the weird thing was, did I imagine myself doing the, doing the Boilermaker even though I only ran three miles? And I was a kid and kind of goofed off and... I wasn't really prepared for that. Um, no, believe it or not, but for some reason, I always wanted to do the boy maker, even when I was in track and didn't do much. But I was like, one day I was just like, you know what? Let me try this. So I started with the 5K, which is 3.1 miles, did that twice. And then I just carried on from there, you know, running 15K one year, 
and then eventually it turned into two, four, six, seven. Now this is my ninth race. I'll have two fifteen, uh, seven fifteen Ks and two five Ks. So this is my ninth year total. Well, Nick, when this next race comes back, keep us posted on how you did because I'm sure. Because and your story also, if you don't mind me saying, is. We were part of the physically challenged Irish American youth team, and we were running with them. So, what is your physical challenge that you've um, worked on to to become a runner? If you don't mind me asking. Hmm. That is a tough question. I would say um, I haven't even told anybody this. When I was oh. I don't know. I would just say younger. Have you ever, you know, like a newborn baby, like how they kind of start to get their legs under them? Uh, sort of. Uh, explain more on that. Um. Well, it was kind of like that. Like I could run a little here and there, but with my disability, I would say... The overcoming was um, certain times I would have to learn. Like, I knew how to physically run, but like certain aspects, like what normal people without one take for granted, like, you know, certain things like stopping and stuff, like, I fell a lot, so I would have to kind of learn how to use my legs and stop and run a certain way. And now, um, and Nick, do you have do you have CP? 20, or what is your what 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 is it that you you have? What is the challenge? If you don't mind me asking, I don't have CP. I have Daniel Walker syndrome. Okay. Um, can look so that up, I, I would. The challenge is basically that is to keep my balance, but um, I overcame that probably. Sorry, I'm taking so long. Um, when I was probably oh. 18, 19, I want to say I had an underwear you know, pretty down to a perfection style, I would say. And you're doing it. And your times have gotten better, right? You've noticed all the times you've been doing it, it gets faster a little bit? Yes, I've gotten them dramatically faster, yes. some Like um, last, uh, earlier this year, I mean, I slept up a little, but I was like, holy crap. Like, usually I would be, like, at breath at this point, but I'm only going, like, 85%, and I still got more to go. Man, oh, man, you're you're working at it. How's your training, if you don't mind me asking what your training regimen is like? <laughs> right, well, you know, every athlete out there gets in these slumps, and right now I'm in a slump. It sucks, but I'll be back there. Like, normal athletes, I'm not saying, like, 
for every effort to go out and train like this, or if you're not ready, but I've been running so long, normal person probably taking, well, not a normal, let me rephrase that, any kind of experienced but unexperienced runner, it would take six months. But like I would say me, I'm probably about, it would probably only take me about three months to get back into shape. Well, that's not a bad timing then, three months. No, it is not. And you haven't let the coronavirus lockdown stop you from going for a jog, right? Like you get out? Yeah, I get out. I go for, even, well, even still, I wouldn't have to go out and let the coronavirus get to me. You can just do regular old exercises in your apartment workout. I mean, it is a little challenging because you don't have weights, but you can make kind of weights on your own. They're not the same. Like I just read, like Philip, uh, you, if you have a gallon milk jug, fill that up, and there you go. You can do bicep curls. Well, there you go. And I think people need to understand that it's not just a gym you can do it. You can work out anywhere, right? Right. You can work out. Well, at a gym, you have equipment, but I mean, you can go out and buy your own too, or, you know, just think of creative ways to do. Like for me, I mean, it would probably take me a little longer because I, figure this out. When you're disabled, some stuff, they say, oh, you need to do this, 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 you know, get better. But no, you don't. I mean, there's certain exercises you can modify, like work online today. You can find all sorts of exercises. You can modify to do it. And if it doesn't say if it doesn't say how to like do it in the easy way, then I just figure out and find an easier way to do it. Not like, well, make sure there's resistance. You don't want to be cheating yourself, but I find out how to do certain things, certain exercises away, but add resistance to it. And I think that the whole key also is to build your immunity system as you're doing this so that if you get a sickness, you can overcome it right away. Right. So uh, I'm glad that you're doing that. And I'm glad you're inspiring others to do that as well. So, uh, Nick. I, I try. Yeah. I've got to ask you, though. Favorite memory from Irish, from the Irish trip? There were so many, but we were all on that journey together. What was what stood out to you? What stood out to me a lot let me rephrase the question. What did it mean to you to be part of that group that year? Oh, it was so. It was quite something to go to Ireland that many years ago. I mean, especially that young. I'm not saying I know what to, what it's like over there, or am I an expert on Ireland? I don't want to get it wrong or twisted, but. It was just, you know, fun hanging out over there for whatever the two and a half weeks we went and 
you know, all the stuff we saw in the country, the continent. It was just great. No, it was. It was just incredible. And as I said, I had not fallen on the cobblestone in Ireland. I know you wanted to trip me on my road blade, which is fine. I get it, brotherly love. But <laughs> thanks for not doing that. <laughs> no problem. Anyway, one last thing. If Kobe was alive today, what would he say about the Last Dance documentary? Do you think he'd love this or what? I think he would really appreciate and love it for listening to it and what it means like he was uh not only was his retirement speech and everything great he's a good speaker but also i mean he played against the best or in my opinion one of the best in michael jordan i don't want to like say the argument for people that want to argue about it and I mean you and me yeah we were alive for Michael Jordan but I was towards the end of his career you know I watched him yeah it was cool seeing him and Michael Jordan in the all-star game um and that was towards his end of his career but I can watch all the highlights I want, but I mean, Kobe lived it. He, um, now he probably wouldn't say, like you said before, that Michael Jordan, he was like one of, again, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody that, you know, likes Michael Jordan or anything, but one of the greatest scores, and I emphasize score. Now, Kobe wouldn't come out and say, oh, Michael Jordan was the greatest defender I've ever defended. Now, he might say the greatest scorer, him or LeBron, probably. But as far as the way, the they're showing, they're showing Kobe on the feature now. Far, so this, the, you got to watch this. They have Kobe interviewed. So this is going to hit people hard tonight. As far as greatest defenders, Kobe came out. He would probably either say, like, Bruce Bowen on the Spurs, or he would say, um, Gary Payton. Because Gary Payton was a lockdown. I mean, you wanted a lockdown defender, or you wanted the ball stolen. Probably the biggest stealer was Gary Payton. That man could lock it down. You wanted an NBA Finals lockdown? I mean, there's no one better than him. And you know, by the way, Supersonics want a, uh, want a Seattle wants another basketball team back there because they love the Sonics so much. Yes, they do. They're always talking about one and maybe... I'm sure eventually maybe they'll go back to it. Well, I mean, they won't go back in time, but they'll get a team. I mean, you look at, like, the NFL. They got, like, they're talking worldwide, and eventually I'm sure the NBA is too, you know. I'm going to let you know because I've heard the commissioner say they're talking about Mexico City. Oh, that would be interesting. One day, you know. 
Well, we have to visit this uh, documentary back because Kobe Bryant's being interviewed for this latest Let's Dance. So I'm going to let you go so you can watch it. I'm going to watch it as well. But thanks for joining me tonight and enjoy this documentary. Oh, no, no, I apologize, Mike. Well, I always answer good. I just, you know, that's one of the things, you know, I just, I'm not good with on-the-spot thinking sometimes. Oh, I love so this. That's you, why my answers are pretty long. You are so on point. I'm going to have you on, on again for sure, Nikki. So thanks for joining us tonight. No problem. I appreciate it. Thank and, you uh, so much, Howard. You got and it. Thank you. And keep up the good work. And thank you for being a good friend all these years. It's, it means a lot. Yep, no problem. All right, that was Nick Finch. He's going to go to the television, as am I. The Bulls, next part of the documentary, Let's Dance, The Last Dance, rather. And it has Kobe in it. That is going to draw a lot of emotion tonight. So I'll let you guys watch it and have a great night.